to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, wherein lurks every scary thing that has ever been, including ghost pirates, a luchador wrestler who takes off his mask and is just a skeleton under there, a knife-wielding maniac, and a poison pancake that was delivered to your wife. I'm Mikey McCaller. And I'm Roxy Polk. Roxy, let's start out, as we always do, with the scariest things that happened to us this week. Tell me what went down in your life, outside of this scary basement, that spooked you to your very bones. Well, Mikey, I have kind of like a rule with myself that I need to not eat so much fast food, which I don't eat a ton, but it's like maybe twice a month I get to do that. Maybe mm-hmm. should be more like one time a month or maybe never. But <laughs> uh, so I make, made a deal with myself. Not not that many times. But after a stream, it was really late because we went later than I planned. I was super hungry and I was like, you know what? I want tacos. There's a Taco Bell that will be open at midnight because, by the way, this was midnight. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I want to do that. Then I was like, wait, I parallel parked on the street in the dark and there's like not a lot of street lights in my area. Mm. My roommate who gets the parking spot in the driveway, I'll ask him to do it. So not only was I like... I'm going to go get Taco Bell at midnight. I was like, I'm going to impose on my roommate and make him drive me to get Taco Bell at midnight uh, because I don't want to parallel park because I'm also scared of parallel parking. So I did three things at once, I guess, that scared me. A lot of scary things in that story. Roxy, did this guy, your roommate, did he get tacos as well? Yes. I I texted him at first to be like, are you awake? (laughs) And then he just came down and was like, yes, what? And I was like, do you want to like drive me to Taco Bell because I don't want to parallel park in the dark? I don't think you imposed "Mm." on him. I think you helped him. I think you did him (laughs) a favor. (laughs) I think he got some sort of gordita crunch or something. Yeah. I only get like the standard like chicken tacos because I love those. I'm like obsessed with them right now, which is (laughs) not the best thing. (laughs) But I haven't tried some of their crazier menu things. I mean, yes, I totally did. I'm not going to break the can of the scary basement. I had a gordita crunch quesadilla that a man in a vent was looking after. (laughs) Right, many yes. many weeks ago, uh, we just don't case, talk yeah. about that. No, because it was scary. Yes, it, it was quite scary, especially because we uh, you uh, locked him back in there, so he's still scuttling around somewhere. Well, listen, there's a lot of scary things in the scary basement, and the fact that there's a man living in the walls is scary, but uh-huh. pretty low on the total <laughs> ranking. That's of true. Scary he's he doesn't have any animosity either. It's just like a scraggly man, so. There's a werewolf Dracula fine. looming towards us right now. Yeah, actually, should we like hide under the table for a second so he can pass? No, I think it's like a bear. Like if you look it in the eyes, like it'll it'll back away. It's a coward. Okay, well at least you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't a coward, Roxy. It's not a coward. <sighs> Wait, hey, do you want a taco? I got one. You don't have to eat, Mikey. You can eat this taco. Roxy, I- it worked. <laughs> Okay, thank God. <laughs> okay, Mikey, what was the uh, thing that scared you this week? Roxy, we were talking about Aside this last week. what just week. happened. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right there was a werewolf Dracula that bit me. Roxy, <laughs> yeah. last week we were talking about a Final Fantasy game where there's a Limp Biscuit boy <laughs> listening to Limp Biscuit. Uh, uh-huh. I was hosting trivia. I host a trivia night in Los Angeles. Okay. And believe it was you who sent me, me? a clip of this Final oh, yes, Fantasy boy listening to Limp Bizkit? It's like 30 seconds and it is one of the craziest 30 seconds I've seen in video games. <laughs> Roxy, I was in front of a bar of people and it was like an outside like kind of patio and I was reading a question so they were all quiet and listening to me. And mm-hmm. I'm confident I didn't press anything. I guess I must have opened it. My phone what? from my pocket starts blasting Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Wait, okay, so it's not even- Startling us all! Okay, so you just had it queued up. That's the thing, like, I I wasn't like I was watching it, like, I got the text probably a couple days earlier. I don't think I was even texting you most recently. I don't know why it happened, I don't know how it happened. Wait, was was it, like, the actual clip? Because I sent it to you, like, on Discord. So did you have it set up from Discord? It was that exact clip? Maybe I had a Discord app open? It was Maybe. from you. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was that exact clip. Because I okay. was furious at you. <laughs> I know. Hey. It wasn't your fault. It just, it was like not, 
Like you can, you know, you can kind of explain away a lot of tech related things like, oh, yeah, I had that app open. I just forgot to close it and put it back in my pocket. So, of course, it uh-huh. pressed up and pressed. This was not it. This was like a couple days ago. I watched this and all uh-huh. of a sudden it played. It almost was like somebody was trying to sabotage me. Could it have been mm. Final Fantasy himself? <laughs> Jack Final Fantasy, he did it. Especially because that, that whole clip starts with him saying, bullshit. So it, like, would be even more abrasive to everyone listening to you to just, like, when you're in the middle of a question, it's, like, ragging on you. Say, it. that question you're reading is bullshit, Mikey. That <laughs> was the vibe I Jack got. Jack Final Fantasy was saying to you and to your audience. Well, I'm sorry he ruined Trivia Night for you. He didn't. We actually were really excited. And then later on that night, I played Limp Bizkit. Oh, okay. Over well, the then, never mind. Hey, you you turned in what could have been a negative into a positive, so mm-hmm. that's pretty great. And hey, you know who is a big Limp Biscuit fan? The Demon Bot. Oh, ho, ho. he tries Stop. to hide it, but we know. Of course, I like Limp Biscuit. I am a demon. The only music in hell are them Kid Rock and Nickelback. Speaking of hell, last week you were assigned the 2009 film Drag Me to Hell directed by Sam Raimi and starring Alison Lohman, Justin Long, and Lorna Raver. Did you watch the film, or your soul's forfeit? Yes, I watched Drag Me to Hell. Cool, I did too. All right. Then you may keep your souls. Okay. We can keep I'm our souls. I'm not doing a summary yet. I'm not, I'm not doing the summary yet. I'm not going to let him trick us like he did last time. We're going to wait for it. Okay. Right here. That's fair. Everybody's going to wait with us too. hours later. Roxy, we gotta just do the plot summary. I don't think he's gonna say it. I think we actually got our souls. This is a positive thing. Okay, yeah, it's been long enough, right? We can make that argument. He hasn't refuted it. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Drag me to hell. Here we go. We open on a family coming to a medium for help. Their son has stolen a gypsy necklace, and they hope this medium can purge him of the sickness that has since transpired. The medium can't, and the boy is dragged to hell. Well, uh, then we meet Christine Brown, who is a loan officer trying to get the big promotion TM at her bank. It's just down to her and Stu, her coworker, and doggone it, Christine's boss thinks she isn't sure she has what it takes to make the big, tough decisions. Then Christine meets Sylvia Ganoush, the old crone. In an attempt to show her boss she can make the tough decisions, TM, Christine denies the old crone's request for an extension on her mortgage. After a brief moment of down-on-her-knees begging, the old crone lashes out at Christine and is dragged, not to hell, but away by security. When Christine leaves that night, the old crone is in her car, having transported inside by magic handkerchief. She attacks Christine and rips one of the buttons off of her coat before saying to Christine, Soon you will be begging to me. Knowing that something's gotta be up, Christine drags her boyfriend Justin Long to go see a fortune teller named Jass, who pretty quickly sees that, yep, a demon wants to drag her to hell. Christine is attacked by a Beelzebub-looking guy in her home that she soon learns is called the Lamia. Then, at work, Christine vomits blood all over her boss. (laughs) Hoping to apologize to the old crone and put an end to all this, Christine then heads to her home. There, she finds out that she was right not to give her a mortgage extension, as the old crone has just passed away. Christine goes back to Jass, who suggests an animal sacrifice, maybe. Christine murders her baby kitten, and then goes to dinner at Justin Long's snobby parents' house. They have an awkward dinner that gets even more awkward when Christine is again tormented by the Lamia. Returning to Jass, Christine learns that she has to come up with $10,000 to hire a medium and banish Lamia once and for all. After turning over all her couch cushions, Christine comes up with maybe 400 bucks. Justin Long instead decides to pay Jass, so Christine goes to the psychic to meet with the medium. She wants revenge against the Lamia for taking that one little boy from the beginning of the movie. Things go haywire when the spirit of the Lamia enters not the body of the goat that would be slaughtered as intended, but instead the body of the medium's assistant, who vomits up the corpse of Christine's kitten. The medium wards off Lamia just before she dies, but that won't get rid of the beast. Christine has to gift the accursed button to someone else, and her horrible fate along with it. To be clear, that fate is to be dragged to hell. Christine considers pawning the button off on Stu, her annoying and conniving co-worker, before deciding that no, only the old crone truly deserves to be dragged to hell. 
So Christine digs up the body and stuffs the envelope with the button inside the old crone's mouth. Christine did it. She won. She won't be dragged down to hell after all. Then Christine goes to meet Justin Long at the train station and finds out she put the wrong envelope in the old crone's mouth. Then Christine is finally, finally dragged down to hell. She sure is. Boy, Roxy, this movie is Uh so upsetting at the end. (laughs) It truly is. Like the way that they show her face burning and turning into kind of a skeleton, but like her eyes are sort of intact. It's quite haunting. Eyes are like bulging out as she's being dragged to hell. It's Yeah, like Justin Long is like reaching out to her and he's crying and confused because he didn't think such a thing was possible. So, like, as he's reaching out and, like, nobody else can see it because, like, the train tracks are running over when she's being dragged down. So, it's, even if he witnessed that, nobody else theoretically did. Mm-hmm. So, like, no one will believe him that his girlfriend was just dragged to hell, quite literally. <laughs> so, this movie is so silly. <laughs> the way yes. that it, like, handles- Looney Tunes. It, it is a live-action Looney Tunes cartoon, absolutely. Yep. It, to the point where there is a, a moment where Christine is attacked by the old crone back from the grave. Uh-huh. And she slashes a chain and an anvil drops on her. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Anvils only exist in cartoons. <laughs> and before that, she like jams her entire arm down Christine's throat in a very goofy way. It's like, what? <laughs> How does that even work? And then while that's happening, she drops the anvil. So it's like... This movie is, I think, really, really good at deciding how it wants you to feel about its characters and then flipping them one way or the other. I could see that. I mean, I certainly had a point in the movie where it's like I was with Christine pretty much the whole time until she murdered the cat. And then I was like, "Eh, I don't know (laughs) how I feel about you anymore. No, that scene, like she murders a very cute baby cat. Yeah, that they have, like, set up all before it. Like, you've seen it plenty of times. She has acted affectionately towards it. Justin Long has even saying, like, Kitty, you take care of her when he, like, goes one night. Um, There is, I would even say in, like, the very first scene where we meet the old crone, the way they flip-flop back and forth to, like, it's an old lady and she's, like, desperate to get this extension on her mortgage. She's like, I just got sick. I can't pay my bills. And she's like, okay, I get it. Goes to her boss, and it's already been set up that, like, she wants this promotion, and this is an excuse to show her boss that she's good at what this promotion will cause her to do. So we're, like, yeah. kind of stressed, but, like, we're, we're at this point, I would argue, rooting for Christine. Yeah, we, we want are, her to get especially the because, like, she's shown to be downtrodden because she's very kind and, like, kind of soft-spoken. She's been there at the bank for a long time. Her new upstart co-worker is, like, this jackass who just got here, mm-hmm. doesn't even know the job, shouldn't even be in the running to be considered, but he's a dude who knows how to work the boss, giving him season tickets and, like, needling at her to make her look bad. There's a point where the boss is this shitty older man who just expects her to go get him a sandwich, mm-hmm. and then, like, the shitty co-worker's like, oh yeah, get me one too. And then yes. he says that she messed up the order when he never specified. And it's just a way to make her look bad. And it's right. also like, she shouldn't be getting your fucking lunch in the first place, you absolute misogynistic mm-hmm. creeps. No, that's so like, what, yes. Like, we she are is a, so, the underdog. We, yeah. we pity her and we are like becoming her. We have projected into her. We yeah, are we her. want her to do better. We want better for her because she's in a shitty situation. And she and goes like, and... She talks to her boss, and then on her way back to the old crone, there's this little shot that I was just like, looking back on is one of the, one of, maybe one of my favorite shots I've ever seen in a movie. The old oh. crone just takes the candy bowl uh-huh. from that's sitting on Christine's desk and pours it into her own purse and then sets the bowl back down. Oh, did she? And it's this tiny little moment. Yeah, it sounds like you didn't even, like, you missed it. Well, it's I remember was- her getting the candy. I thought she just got one. Because, like, no, that she, whole like, sequence, they keep showing her being grosser and grosser. Like, right. the old crone, she gets proceedingly more gross. Like, her false teeth are absolutely disgusting. She has, like, a gross, gross nails that are not taken care of. She has a gross, like, mm-hmm. handkerchief that is oozing and blech. <laughs> And, like, she has one bum eye that looks kind of demonic, even though she's just not demonic yet. And and that's kind of what I mean. It's like, that movie is setting us up to hate this old lady. Like, she's physically gross. Yeah, like, yeah. She's kind of pushy. She's like, and then, like, the stealing the candy bowl. You learned she got, yeah, and she got two extensions as well. So this is the third extension. Mm -hmm. So it's 
somebody went out of their way to try and give her an extension at least twice, and she still didn't pay it, which, I mean, that the way banking and house loans and stuff are, that's crazy. <laughs> the, it's just a crazy system in general. But, like, the fact that she got two extensions to me, I was like, wow, I didn't think people even get that. So, like, trying yeah. to get a third one is a hard ask in the first place anyway. Like, but even for someone who has been, like, making good on their payments. It it was just, like, it, it was such good movie making because I was, like, mm -hmm. right on Christine's side. I was like, yeah, deny her. Get your promotion that you deserve. She just stole all your candy. And uh, her teeth are gross. And <laughs> then, like, a beat later, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, no, don't take a lady's house like i i had this, yeah i had the realization later in the same way that she kind of did she was like she like the the very end of this movie is the first time she takes any sort of responsibility for this action that she pulled but like yeah it took me a minute to get there too like again we've talked about this so many times on this podcast i need to be on the emotional ride with my characters yeah and i was like i hated this lady and i was like of course you're going to not get your well, home uh, advanced again. And then it's, I would argue, deeply emotionally manipulative to beg in front of her at her, like, workplace. Yeah, in public. And, like, she, like, grabs the hem of her dress and is kissing it for some reason, which, yeah. like, is, is very gross. But it very much puts her in a situation where it makes Christine look bad for continuing to deny her because this right. woman is prostrating herself and shaming herself, essentially, mm -hmm. for this. And and that's the thing. The lady keeps saying the uh, the old crone rather keeps saying over and over, "I pleaded with you, and you shamed me." And I yeah, I <laughs> that just like, reeked, like you chose to plead though. It reeked also. of emotional abuse. It was like she oh, did it's incredibly manipulative. You. She was just like backing off. But then like when you look at like the facts of the case, it's like you have this decision point where you can either take an old lady's house or not. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, she chose to put herself first. She chose mm -hmm. to put the promotion first. The thing is, though, like, w with the setup as well, like, the boss should have just given her the promotion anyway. This other dude never <laughs> should have been in the running for it. So it yeah. shouldn't even be something she has to fight for in this way. But she does. So it's kind of like... Yeah, all these details kind of coalesce to a point where yeah. it's like... it. And that's what I mean, like, this movie feels like it is leading you down this very clear path. And yeah. I would argue it's not until she kills her kitten... That yes. you're like, oh, this movie has been telling us all along this is not a good person. Yeah, and th that is the choice that she made this selfish decision. But the thing is, you get the impression that every other aspect of her life, she has like tried to help people. And this is like the first selfish thing she did is how it comes off. I, I don't mm. really have any necessary proof for that aside from like Justin Long talking about anecdotes and stuff and about things that he loves about her. You know, there's a kind of humbleness to her initially or that they're trying to get by with like she used to be a fat girl she worked on a farm or she came from a farm so she's not a rich person um and justin long's mom is absolutely shitty like that's another point of pressure put on her is mm -hmm. that she needs to be more successful and more worldly and show that she can pull her own weight like in front of these rich o people to make herself look better for her boyfriend that she loves when like he doesn't care about that but his mother does but right. she, so she feels put upon for that even though she's technically not being asked to do yeah. that it's I, I i'm just like so impressed by this movie like uh, to be clear this movie is ludicrous <laughs> oh yes it's absolutely crazy it, it's full of and it's why this will not surprise you it is my favorite movie of all time <laughs> Uh-huh, because Be it's the most recent movie Because it's the most recent movie I saw that I liked. But, yes. like, it is so surprising. Like, it's full of jump scares that don't feel... I mean, they're cheap, but they're, like, silly and fun. Yeah, they don't feel scary. Yeah. Then again, we, we watch a lot of horror, we like a lot of horror, so I don't know if, like, it'll be scary to the right person or if it won't be scary to anybody. I'm not quite sure. This is interesting. I'm trying to figure out, like, there are jump scares in this movie that got me, but, like, I, I will watch a lot of movies and be, like, dreading a jump scare. Like, I'm okay. kind of, like, my body is kind of tensing up. But this one, I was mm -hmm. just like, what do you what do you got for me next? Yeah, and then, like, all of a sudden, yeah. they would, like, the fortune teller, Jass, will be, like, reading her palm, and then all of a sudden, like, a full frame shot of satan will come up and it's just like that's why i love movies yeah i, <laughs> I think just it's want all, to be surprised it also speaks... by seeing satan when i don't think i'm gonna see satan 
There you go. So I think that's also like a signature of Sam Raimi's storytelling and sensibilities as a director and stuff and like what he likes to have happen. He likes to go goofy and over the top. You know, he's been doing it since, you know, Evil Dead. It's always a really fun time. And like with the Spider-Man movies, too, they're very fun. He he likes to kind of do that. There is something about finding a director who like their aesthetic speaks to you, right? They are somebody the way they make a movie is delightful to you and and could very easily like if somebody saw a sam raimi movie and was like fuck that guy take your story seriously i'd be like yeah i get that but it is it is it's speaking to my soul the way he's just like clearly having so much fun and it's so hard not to have fun watching this truly frightening movie (laughs) where horrifying there's so many parts that are so gross like i forgot how gross this movie was and like i watched the unrated version and i can't remember so this was the second time i saw the movie i can't remember if the first time i saw it Mm -hmm. it was also unrated but this there's just so much gross like goop and like (laughs) i don't know like (laughs) there's there's a part when she is first fighting the old crone and the old crone like loses her teeth and then just full on gum attacks her like with her gums like trying to bite her uh-huh. it like bites her mouth and like her lower jaw it's just so gross and then there's a part later when she finds the dead body uh when the dead body like falls on her and then just pukes a bunch of like gross <laughs> sludge like from the corpse and also kind of gums her the same way it did before. And there's also the running joke where she keeps ripping out a piece of her hair. Yeah. So, like, that happens, like, three times and <laughs> twice she's dead when she does it. <laughs> so it's like it has a running gag even at that point. It's so much fun. And I will say my – it was one of the funniest lines I'd ever heard. There is a moment in this movie when Christine is just shooting blood out of her nose at her boss. Yes! And just it's spraying like a him with blood. Hydraulic pump. And there's just this half a beat where it almost feels for- forgotten. Where the boss just goes, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> I did. I didn't <laughs> like, even hear that. I did. Oh my god, I didn't. Even it's a great question. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> like, why did she do that? That is an insane <laughs> thing to happen. But like, what a silly, like, grounded human reaction to that. Yeah. And then he kind of just moves on, which made me think, like, I don't know. This movie has a lot of like her dream space like the things that are happening are not really happening you know she'll yeah be fighting the old crone and then all of a sudden we'll jump back and and there was nothing going on there was no because things only afflict the person who's being cursed like Mm -hmm. nobody else would see it i can't i think it does affect things in the real world around her though maybe like it destroys things i can't remember because i don't believe that that boss brings up all the blood that got shot on him by his employee. Yeah, he doesn't again. He's just again. like, if you need some more time, don't worry <laughs> about it. You don't have to come in. <laughs> There's also that part, like, speaking about kind of like some very exaggerated human parts to this movie. When she decides, who am I going to give this to? I'm going to give it to my shitty coworker who, mm-hmm. I guess we didn't touch on this either. The coworker messed up the deal she was going to do by taking the paperwork, all of the investigation stuff she had done, and giving it to a different bank. Right. So that other bank gets to benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Just like tangible sabotage. Yes. So he literally sabotaged her so that they put the position on hold because it looked like she was going to get the assistant manager position over him. So he was like, well, I'm going to screw you. So then nobody gets it. Mm -hmm. But so she, she didn't even figure that out, I think, or did she? She gets him to admit it. Basically, she calls him down to a diner and is, like, going to give him the button. And he completely, like, breaks down and is like, don't tell my dad. And he's, like, literally crying. And she's just, like. So satisfying. Yeah, it's very satisfying. And she's also able to be the bigger person and be, like, he's just a pathetic piece of shit. He sucks. But he's not, like, evil. He's just, like, a petty, shitty human. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, kind of a very real moment. Even though it's, like, very exaggerated. Uh Uh-huh. And it's very satisfying to see. (laughs) this guy's been undermining her the whole movie it does feel like if you had like if if i had to guess the plot of this movie before i saw it i was like oh yeah she'll if she has to ever comes to a moment where she has to transfer the curse to another person he's the obvious answer and to see her like have this moment of humanity and save him to Mm -hmm. me even while she's so down in the dirt at this point she has like a deadline i don't know uh i hated justin long and Justin Long's parents in this movie so much. Oh, okay. That, like, to me, it felt like a de-heightened to go from 
<laughs> I'm going to slaughter my kitten. <laughs> like that to me was like, okay, she's irredeemable. And so then yeah. every moment after where they're like, well, maybe she's coming around. I was like, she should have slaughtered Justin Long. No. <laughs> she should have got a chicken from the store stoked, or something. Stoked <laughs> like for this- Justin Long. Oh, man. Okay. I didn't realize you didn't like him that much. I I literally have it in my notes. Qualities. Um, I need this Justin Long family to die. So like Justin Long himself, he he's like a very supportive boyfriend, but he obviously is a huge skeptic and kind of like rebels in that to the point where when they go to the psychic initially, he's very rude and unbearable. I wanted him. Yes. Dead. He he he's just terrible. It's like, dude, if you were gonna be like this, you just shouldn't have come in. Which is like mm-hmm. really the only instance I can remember where he feels like, yes, I I would love to see him exit the movie. Most of the other interactions he has, he's very supportive of her. He chooses to use his money to help her out at the end, like to pay ten grand for this thing that he doesn't even really believe in, but he cares enough about her to put himself out there and just be like, you know what? It's important to you. I don't need to understand it. I'm going to let go of my ego and just help you. So he does have moments like that where I think he is a redeemable character. In you know my what, Roxy? Eyes. I think as we're talking about it, I'm like, in the same way that like I saw the old crone throw candy in her purse and I was like, fuck her. She's irredeemable. And then a moment uh-huh. later, I was like, that was fucked up of me to think. Now, as we're talking <laughs> about it, I'm like, I hated him so much at the psychic that I was like, I was kind of messed up that I wanted him to die. <laughs> Like he was, yeah. he was, I think you're right. I think he was pretty much a, a normal, reasonable character throughout. Yeah. There is something, and maybe this will probably get us into the big idea of this movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. There is something about the idea of being dragged to hell as opposed to choosing to go to hell that I feel like this movie is hmm. maybe toying with. Okay, so we're talking about like what you kind of view as the bigger yeah message okay and and i'm not necessarily sure about this like i feel like i could maybe be convinced of this but Hmm. like i think the word drag is so vital to this movie's story just in the sense that it is like against your will it is right yeah not something you choose her growing up like it's a a plot point throughout that she was a fat girl and mm-hmm. she clearly hates that aspect of herself. She sees a picture of herself when she was overweight and she like crumples it up or rips it up or whatever. She like hates yeah. that part of herself. She's gotten over that part of herself. There is this aspect of all of these forces in the world that are dragging her towards being a bad person as opposed to being a bad person herself. So it's like if you take that self-hatred and you couple it with a boyfriend who she doesn't feel good enough for, who the boyfriend's yeah. parents are continuing to remind herself that she is good, not good enough for. You've got at a least boss. like the mother for real. Like the the father is kind of like whatever. The mother specifically thinks she isn't good enough for her yes. until they meet, and she's nailing the meeting, and then the demon comes along, and she looks like an mm-hmm. insane person after that. Yeah, so. and, and then so we've got she hates herself. Yes, doesn't feel good enough for her boyfriend parents boyfriend's parents making it clear you got the boss who doesn't believe she can function in this role that she really wants and you've got this stew mm-hmm. fella who is uh destroying her you've got her mother who is only talked about in passing who is an yeah. alcoholic who she doesn't talk to anymore she just yeah. had all of these things conspiring that put her in this one position to do a pretty shitty thing to an ultimately pretty shitty person yeah it's like she was making these choices she does i would argue the from the moment she kills the cat she does deserve to go to hell and i think that the movie's ending is like fair (laughs) it's like i I feel like yeah if scream or whatever ended with the horrifying destruction of our main character i would be like really upset but like this movie like feels like it's playing fair but it's like this it, it is tragic that she is being dragged to hell as opposed to choosing to go to hell. Nobody is is necessarily, like, putting a gun to her head. But the the world is sure, like, holding guns. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, like, she knows what the right thing to do is. But she chooses to make this selfish choice. Like, this one time, she chooses to prioritize herself and her selfish decision over the benefit or care of somebody else Mm -hmm. and then she is punished for it the entire movie to the point where she gets dragged to hell so i i'm a little worried 
that like the theme of it is kind of like you do one bad thing once and that's it. That's the rest mm-hmm. of your life. You're irredeemable. You can't walk back from that no matter how much you struggle and try to do right and try to right your situation. You're just going to dig yourself in deeper and do more bad things mm-hmm. and can never make it right again, which I don't think I like that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I would make one small but it's an interesting caveat thing. to that. Okay, did, did you see it differently? Okay. Because I think that the the truly bad thing she did, and the reason all of these things from like a, a cosmic, like, what kind of lesson is this movie teaching us? It's that mm-hmm. not only did she deny this woman her mortgage extension, but she refused to take responsibility for it. Yes. Okay. That's a good idea. And they make or a, a good really, way to say it. It's it's one of the best jokes of the movie when they're like doing a seance and like the uh-huh. demon is like, "You just not me my mortgage." She's like, "Actually, my manager did." Yeah. <laughs> what what makes this ending, I think, so potent and kind of tragic and like meaty <laughs> is uh-huh. the fact that she finally takes responsibility. She finally yeah, she says, it. "I did this shitty thing," and yeah. then but what this movie is saying like it was too late so if yeah. anything like the very and she clear could only admit it she could only admit it after she felt she was safe as well like she couldn't yeah. admit it the whole time so that might be a part of it as well but yeah in, sorry. in, a, in a very like aesop's fables sort of way it's like if you're doing something own up to it and then you can deal with it properly yeah i think that feels like a pretty like this to move yeah. to me feels like the clearest Saturday morning, end of an episode of Saved by the Bell. Like, if you're <laughs> stressed about your test, talk to your parents. Don't do speed, <laughs> like Jesse Spano did. And I, I like that. I, I did feel like, I don't know. It was, it was so surprising to be like, I watched the ending twice because I kind of couldn't believe what I was seeing. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Because this was your first time seeing this movie, yeah, correct? I never yeah. seen this movie. <laughs> couldn't believe. Like, it's just such a shocking, upsetting ending that, like, yeah is the true stuff of nightmares in a way that like i don't know i feel like in less sophisticated hands this would feel really gross to me and feel really like mean like (laughs) i don't like when the character that i have projected myself into is hurt in a way that just feels like all right i guess that like kind of like what you were describing this idea that like all right you do one bad thing and then you're just fucked over forever yeah, no matter how much you struggle and try to, yeah. do, to make I it fe- right. I feel like this movie does like a really good job of walking me through the points where I'm like, eh, I guess you probably deserve to get dragged to hell. <laughs> I guess that was the right move. And if the kitty had come later, that's my only qualm. Because the kitty was the moment when I was like, all right, you got to get to hell. Yeah, yeah, the cat. You got to get to hell. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if other people don't feel exactly the same way, oh, too, yeah. where it's like this cute cat you've seen in uh in the movie they invest a lot of time in making sure you see it and mm-hmm. having a like positive interaction with it and then she betrays the trust of this innocent creature who depends on her to murder it for her own benefit and then it still does nothing even from Roxy, it. this is straight up a baby kit like yes it clear, is a kitten it's not like a normal cat it's not like a full-grown cat it is a kitten yes it's upsetting and so at the end when they get into this like the final thing is like, the only thing you can do is transfer this button to give this button mm-hmm. to somebody else. I was just like, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> the question of her morality has been decided. Yeah, like, she's so far gone, like, you would expect her to give it to anybody to save herself. And even, like, the uh, psychic guy whose name escapes me, he's like, I wasn't going to tell you this because it's a last resort. And then mm-hmm. me telling you makes me culpable essentially for it but this is a thing you can do and now i'm an accessory to it should you choose to do it and intellectually i believe that like yes taking the life of a human being is more than taking the life of a kitten but emotionally i was just like "Uh uh-uh nope bad well i think also the the idea like i said before it's this innocent baby creature who relies on you to survive and so she betrays that very pure and innocent trust whereas like if it was a shitty human who had done you wrong yeah that feels like they dug their own grave essentially Mm -hmm. in this case to be deserving of that you know but if she had chosen like an innocent human who had never done any wrong like i would feel equally as Mm. i still don't think i would uh i mean that's fair that's totally fair literally no human is as cute as that cat I mean, yes, you're 110% correct. Name one. Name one. I can't because the cat is too cute. Who's who's cuter than that? Maybe a baby puppy. I don't know. Like another baby animal would be the only equivalent, honestly. Yeah, that's true. No a human. Ba- a baby or puppy person. would be worse. All right, she's forgiven. 
<laughs> That's not the takeaway from this, but okay. <laughs> Roxy, did you have a question for me? Yes, I do have a question for you. I guess for us, we're both going to answer it. I felt yeah. very... Yeah. I felt very centered in that discussion, and it wasn't fair to you. I mean, you're you're the one who's uh, hosting this week, so you're free to do whatever. It's a great call. <laughs> um, so my question to you, Mikey, would be, uh, what would someone have to do wrong to you to deserve the curse from Drag Me to Hell? Who could you hate enough to have after doing something to do that? Roxy, I have a list of multiple people that I... I'm already angry at enough to give this horrible curse to. Okay. Uh, they are. You got a list? You, you got your list there? I've got, I've got four that are just coming okay. up off my preliminary Google search. They are Christian Wood, who plays for the Houston Rockets, Russell Westbrook, who plays for the Los Angeles Lakers, Giannis Atencampo, who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, and Joel Embiid, who plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. Roxy, these are uh-huh. the four NBA players who right now have the worst free throw per- shooting percentage in the league. Okay. And here's why that upsets me. Here's why I get so upset when professional basketball players are bad okay. at shooting free throws. All right. They're free throws. You could sit there and practice and get good enough. There's no other player stopping you from taking these shots. Just Practice enough so you're good at free throws. For the love of Christ, you're a professional. Why are you ever, ever, ever missing free throws? It speaks to laziness. It speaks to a lack of dedication to your sport. And Roxy, it speaks to hubris. Because there was a player, in fact, I don't know his name. (laughs) There was an NBA player (laughs) who shot... You, you're, you know what I'm talking about when I say free throws, right? It's like everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. stands around and they watch a man shoot free throws. Yeah. He shoot, He just shoots. They just watch the ball. They tilt their head. Ooh. Mikey, what if it's performance anxiety? The pressure of having everyone look at you while you do it. Roxy. Mikey. They can practice that. Practice. In front of a crowd, though? You are a professional basketball player. You bring in a crowd of children from the local Catholic school. You give them all tickets. One of them's going to win an Xbox. You bring them <laughs> sure. in and okay, they you watch you. Another they step. watch you shoot free throws. And you get better at shooting free throws under watchful eyes. There was an NDA player, Roxy, who shot free throws granny style. Okay. Every sports analytic has said the correct way to shoot free throws is granny style. Oh, really? You are more likely to hit. It is much easier to aim and sink your shots if you're shooting granny style. Do you know how many basketball players currently do it, Roxy? Zero. Zero! Because they're embarrassed. They don't want to look like a fool. And I hate it. Get better at free throws everybody and especially you christian wood who is right now sitting at the number one worst free throw percentage in the national basketball association get better at free throws i'll give you a gypsy curse i think they just need to channel their grandmas they need to do the granny throws just accept it i like the granny throws idea a lot i think everybody should collectively do it yeah honestly just accept honor your grandma why are you embarrassed to be like your grandma huh that sounds like a you problem if you're embarrassed to be like <laughs> Sounds a like a you problem or it sounds like a your grandma problem. I mean, I'd say that grandma's probably fine being herself. She's well, that's what I mean. Like, grandma. what what did your grandma do that you're so ashamed to mimic her? Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe she she was giving curses. <laughs> that's probably it. Roxy, what would make you mad enough to give somebody a curse? I don't have quite an, as an impassioned speech as you do, but I'd say the uh, kindest, best person I know is my mom. And so if anybody was mean to my mom, Ooh. I would give them the worst curse to send yeah. them to hell immediately. Have you ever seen anybody be mean to your mom and you want to just destroy them? Um, Luckily, not yet, but okay. I am on the edge of my seat prepared to do so if somebody does in my presence. <laughs> I've... She has told me, uh, like, some occurrences where she's run into people who have not been nice to her, but I haven't been there to stop it and give them a curse, so someday. Figure it out, Roxy. Figure out that curse. Yeah, I need to get, like, full first and last names and track those people down and give (laughs) them back their own curse button. I get it. Your your mom is very nice, 
And you know what? I'm on board too. I will lend my magic to yours. Thank you. Okay, good. Extra powerful curse. They won't have to wait a week. They'll be gone in a day. Perfect. It is very funny that they is like three days where the demon just like dicks around with you. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? We were just talking about like my pet peeve with movies when like things only happen because a movie needs them to happen or else there's not a movie. That's kind of that. Yeah, there's a lot of time <laughs> yeah. in this movie that they could have cut out scenes. There's an invincible demon who is after you. Like, you're going to die. Yeah. Sorry. It's like an escalation, which is like fine. And like, yeah. you're there for it because you don't know what's going to happen next. But they easily could have cut out like a bunch of those scenes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Roxy, on a scale from one to nine, because the number 10 does not exist in the scary basement. Yes. How likely do you think the events of Drag Me to Hell are to happen in real life? So I said six out of nine. Because for sure, capitalism makes people do immoral things in the terms of our main character making that choice to get her job to get more money. And sometimes middlemen like our main character get caught in the crossfire of that like all the time, getting blamed for things that your boss did. Sure, she could have stepped up, but she wouldn't have needed to be in a position to step up if her shitty boss hadn't tried to do that as well. Mm -hmm. And he's also a slave to the person above him. Not great. But so I'd say actual retribution for immoral things like that happening, that never happens. We mm. live in an unjust world, Mikey. So That's six true. out of nine. Yeah. Evil people tend to get away with this. I actually said yeah. nine out of nine. Oh, wow. Just because, okay. uh, listen, how many times have you and I run into old crones just in the last year or so that we've been recording our adventures down here in the scary basement? They're you know, that's do. fair. Yeah, we literally have proof of uh, running into old crones who have yeah, put curses all on us. The place. Yeah. And they and they keep cursing us in. <gasps> that's if, why we're here, isn't it? That's why we're here. What if NBA players got cursed by an old crone to shoot bad free throws? You know, Mikey, that might be the solution to your problem. You uh, know what? There's still ways to practice, all right? You go, you find the button that gets you the curse, and you put it in an old lady's mouth, all right? You practice your way out of that curse. That's true. They could in, in this situation of <laughs> free throws. They definitely could. Roxy, last week, we made a bet. (laughs) We sure did. (laughs) I think Uh, we found the thing that makes Mikey the most mad in the entire world, you guys. It truly is. Like, I I am not a huge NBA fan, uh, and my friends who are, like, know that this is weirdly, like, my hot button issue. (laughs) It just, it yeah, just like, so you're more of a football guy usually, right? I, I am a big football guy. Yeah, I, it's just like the one sports thing that I just can't wrap my head around. And I <laughs> listen, I know I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> to be very clear, I know that this is an insane thing. And yet my stupid brain is just like, no, be better. Roxy, hey, who among us doesn't have a thing like that? A dumb thing that sets us off. <laughs> <out of> reasonable people. <laughs> Roxy, last week we made a bet. We wanted to know how many uh-huh. times they say the word hell. And drag me to hell. Yes. What was your answer? Uh, I said 10. I said 8. Okay. Ready for the answer? Yes. What, what was, was it? Four. Wow. Okay. They like never say it. Yeah, I guess. I, I thought she said like, go to hell or something like yeah. when she was angry a couple times. Um, But yeah, they never actually like say explicitly you're going to go to hell. Do they, they do a lot or- of like, well, what will happen? And they'll be like, well, then you'll go down to... And then they just like look at the ground. Uh, oh, okay. Furtively. Uh, yeah, I did a control F on the script of this movie. Okay. Found the number was four. So I'm going to take that one, meaning our total yeah. bet score at this point Roxy 16, Mikey 14, tie Wow, one. look at you catching up to me. Anything could happen. And I yeah, do mean I that literally. You need to use a- yeah, it's very true. I guess you need to use it that word more sparingly when it is also in your title. Unless you're... So what I do want to know, actually, which maybe you don't know the answer to it, do they say drag me to hell? Do they say the title of the movie in the movie? They definitely don't say that. Okay, that's too bad. That seems like a missed opportunity for a movie like this. (laughs) Well, I think what's fun about this movie is like the smash cut at the end as she is being dragged to hell is just like, bam, drag me to hell. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And uh, it's kind of the same way I feel about one of my all-time favorite movies, There Will Be Blood. Where the, okay, the title I feel of that like movie I've heard is you just talk about this movie a lot. I've never actually seen it. The title of that movie is just a promise. <laughs> there is no blood uh, in that movie until the very last scene, and then yeah, what? there's some blood. Yeah, okay, and it's Jeez. and it's just like I don't know. It's very funny to me when the title is just like, well, fair enough. <laughs> you told me. It also starts and ends with someone being dragged to hell. It bookends itself. That's true. 
<laughs> there, it does feel like the promise of this movie is someone being dragged to hell. Like we see it happen to like a no-name character, and then it's just like, mm-hmm. all right, let's see some dragon to hell. Yep. You're, and then we it, get it, and it's God, very satisfying and very it's incredibly visceral. <laughs> oh, it's very upsetting. Sure is, as it should be if you're going to hell. I feel like I need to do fan art of that last shot of her, like with her giant yellowing do eyes. It. Do oh, it, do it. <laughs> one of the scariest shots I can imagine. In a good way. <laughs> because it's well done. Uh, it's absolutely horrifying on its own, though. Speaking of one of the scariest things I can imagine, here he comes, the demon bot. Demon bot. Congratulations, you have successfully reviewed Drag Me to Hell. Your souls are safe for another week. For next week, you must watch Rec, directed by Joan Balaguero and Paco Plaza and starring Manuela Velasco, Ferran Terraza, and Jorge Yamam Serrano. If you do not, your souls shall be forfeit and I will claim your bodies as my own. So, Roxy, for next week, we're watching Rec, R-E-C period. Yes. Yeah. Rec. This uh, is a, uh, a found footage zombie movie, which I don't think... When was the last time we even did a zombie movie? I can't even remember. Uh, Have we might, even? We did Train to Busan. Yes, Train to Busan. That was probably it. Uh, so I'm so, excited hey, to watch hey. this. It sounds good. I like I like found footage movies I'm finding. Yeah, we haven't done uh, Blair Witch either. We need to do that at some point soon. I but love Wreck Blair is gonna, Witch a lot. <laughs> Wreck, is, Wreck is great. I have seen it once uh, a long time ago. It's a shorter movie than you'd think, but it uses its runtime very efficiently from what I remember. So Tight. And it looks like it's available on Amazon Prime. So if you want to watch it before next week, Roxy, let's make a there you bet. Go. Let's make a bet on this movie, huh? Okay, yeah, let's let's make a bet. Okay, so how about when do you think the timestamp is? We'll do the minute mark. We won't worry about seconds for uh, when the first zombie appears in the movie. First visual confirmation, whether gonna... the characters know it or not. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am going to say eleven minutes in. That feels pretty early to me. Okay, um, I'm going to say 16 minutes, which, sure, why not? A little bit later. Yeah. The pact has been sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. Whoever is closest to the time the first zombie appears in the film shall be declared the winner. The loser must submit a detailed zombie survival plan, which will be tested in the scary basement zombie room. All right, bet's locked in. All right. Roxy, we've been talking about some scary things, right? Big yellow eyes as you get dragged to hell. Old crones. NBA free throw shooters. Terrifying. Let's wrap up by talking about something that's making us happy. What's going on in your life that's making you smile this week? Uh, So something that happened to me is my parents just decided to to send me a box of goodies. Aw. We don't celebrate Easter or any kind of religion or religious holiday, but my mom loves to use it as an excuse to send me and my brother candy. So uh-huh. she sent us both a box, half of which was like, here's some ramen that we had and some other snacks. <laughs> and then also here is some Easter candy and like a Starbucks gift card because we know you'll like it. So she did She did like the ultimate mom care package and both me and my brother, like we did a Zoom call with them and opened it together and uh-huh. they got him, like, a shirt from a pizza place that, like, we had gone to when we visited them <laughs> for Christmas and stuff. It was very cute. So that that's what's making me happy this week. Especially because I don't buy candy for myself anymore. So I'm always like, yes. Okay, no, I now, I have, now I have a bunch of chocolate I can eat God. guilt-free. <laughs> Your mom really is the sweetest human being there is. She is. You see? You see why I would send yeah. someone to hell for being mean to her? <laughs> yeah. I'm right on board. <laughs> What about you, Mikey? What For, what a wonderful thing happened to you this week that's making you happy? On my end, you know, it would be very easy for me right now to talk about the Batman starring Robert Pattinson. I love Batman yeah. with my whole heart, and I did like well, the Batman not? quite a bit. It did something supersede your love of Batman this Absolutely week. Absolutely, it did. Oh, okay. I'm. It's got to be pretty good, huh? What is Roxy? It? Mikey? You ever hear of this uh, Batman the Animated Series? Yes, like the, what is it, Bruce Timm? Bruce from Tim, the 90s? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was in Colorado, which is where I saw the Batman with some family, and uh-huh. um, with my cousin, who I have grown up with, who I'm very close with, and he has some kids that I refer to as my, like, functional nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was on a big Batman kick, right? I was watching the Batman. I loved it. Uh-huh. And we put uh, Batman the Animated Series on for oh. my little niece. 
And That's she awesome. loves it. She was yes, so excited. That's awesome. Yeah. We were watching like the Clayface episode. I was like, whoa, look at this scary monster. That She's traumatized like, ah! me as a kid. That Clayface thing when he like takes people into himself and they just can't move and they struggle and they die. It's and truly it's upsetting. Just mud. Oh, ah. But uh, yeah, that, that series is so good. That's probably like my favorite representation of Batman it's, to date. It, me too. It's my favorite. It is, it is who I imagine when I think about Batman in terms yes. of the like crazy person real person dichotomy that <laughs> batman always must play with uh and then that just mr like, freeze episode i watched that in isolation like a couple of years ago and it still incredibly holds up it's very good i'm glad Ro- you got to introduce your niece to this mikey this is wonderful roxy we watched the mr freeze episode you did oh my god okay it is literally the one sentence i have written <laughs> in my what's making us happy <laughs> is like the shit that happens on this show is so awesome because it's all like it's my jam, right? It is all silly nonsense with a deeply emotional core. A scientist turned into a freeze ghoul because of how much he loved his wife. <laughs> like, that rules. That's the best thing that anybody ever made. It's so good. That makes me want to rewatch it now. I actually found, like, seasons one and two at a thrift store a while Ooh. ago. But then, like, my brother moved to an apartment that didn't have internet or anything, so he couldn't watch streaming TV or anything. So I ended up sending him a bunch of just physical DVDs and stuff for him to watch. So I sent him season one and two. So I no longer have it, but (laughs) I owned it at one point, and now I want to look it up online. (laughs) It's it's all on HBO Max, and we were just poking around. What a time. That's awesome. It's a good show. Roxy. (laughs) Each week, the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door to keep us from escaping, and yet each week we still escape. This week, yeah, yeah. I brought along a very specific weapon that's going to help us get out. Okay. That's right. I'm listening. Where, Roxy, where is it? It's, okay, Mikey. Boop, boop, boop. It's, um, it's the, a landmine. Okay. Uh, Don't press the pressure plate. Be very careful with that. I'm just backing away against the back wall over here next to this Dracula. Don't mind me. That's probably smart. I'm just going to... This Dracula is my new friend. We're just chilling over here. What what are you going to do with that? I'm going to open up the basement door, and I'm going to set it down, and we're going to wait for the guardsman to poke on it. You ready? Here we go. Okay. Wait, how are you going to get him to poke it, though? Just going to sit here forever? He's going to booby trap us in here. Roxy, I got bad news for you. What? The guardsman of the basement this week? It's a zombie knight. It's a, okay. a, a zombie in knight's armor. So, okay. Ugh, zombies move slow, and the knight's oh. armor slows him down even more, so it's going to be a while before he steps on this landmine. Okay, we are just trapped. You booby-trapped us down here, Mikey, yep. is what has occurred. So okay. we've got some time to kill. Okay, well, I made a new Dracula friend here, so I guess as long as he doesn't eat us, a new friend? Roxy, what makes you think he's your friend? Um, I don't know. He hasn't killed me yet, and he's, he's just kind of- been licking his chops since well, okay. he moved against him. <laughs> well, you can come stand over here with me, Mikey. Okay. You know, I'm thinking about getting into baking. Okay, yeah, you know, that'd be great. What what kind of thing are you going to start with? Bread, maybe? Isn't that like a starter baking thing to do? Yeah, but I don't know. Am I going to cut bread and make a sandwich? No, I'm going to make like brownies. I'm going to make like a- Ooh, a that'd nice- be good. Hey, uh, Mr. Dracula, what, what do you think about brownies? Oh, he is biting you, Roxy. Oh, he is okay, biting, yeah. oh, he is biting you in the neck. I made the mistake of talking about food. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. And now I can't leave because of the bland mine. Okay, I'm going to go into the stink pit. I hate it, but I have to do it. Goodbye. For now.